I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Play Fantasy Baseball Show with D. Mindy, Little Cheesecake, and Doc starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. We are now a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D. Mindy here, joined by a man that the ladies sometimes call too hot to handle in his dreams. It's Eric Mendelson, a.k.a. The Doc. What's going on? Well, once again, we talked about when Mike and Carlos came on, but I'm more handsome than you. I don't agree with that. Maybe some girls from a bachelor party might agree, but uh, very few. <laughs> have, every, have you have you gone to? Uh, you want to tell everybody that hasn't seen your video on Twitter what you did? Yeah, certainly. So David's father-in-law or future father-in-law likes me more than him. Uh, messages me on LinkedIn about how he can't wait to hang out. They don't care. And he said. And he said, hey, if you get a couple or if you dance on the dance floor shirtless, I'll buy you a couple drinks. I said, sure. I one upped it by doing push ups and having a girl pour a drink in my mouth. And then a large, heavy set girl uh, started getting on my back. I, my back almost broke. And as a parting gift, she licked the inside of my ear. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to mention that. Part. Of course. I don't hide away from that. I and mean, then I think her like boyfriend or husband or somebody like went to her and like yelled at her after. The- the video is on David's Twitter. Make sure you look at it. Yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, we're just coming back from my bachelor party. So uh, it was a pretty insane weekend, but we're back in the grind and ready to give you guys some great fantasy baseball content today, starting with this episode, which is bullpens and bombs. It's long been said that chicks dig the long ball and the bros be crazy about those bullpens. Today, we combine the best of both worlds and examine two of fantasy baseball's most interesting aspects to look into. Surprise closers, some home run hitters, guys that we should believe in, honestly, guys we should peace out on, all that and more in tonight's episode. And we're going to be doing that with two of our best friends in the fantasy baseball community and some incredibly knowledgeable individuals in Mike Carter and Carlos Marcano. Make sure to stay tuned for that. After we go to our bullpen for our question of the week, which MLB player, past or present, would have the meanest mugshot and our game of the week coming in to shut the door. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then Eric, you better look at me. Let's do it! Yeah! You didn't say- then you didn't say, man, then we're ready to do it for you. No, I said, you better, I said, Eric, you better look at me. <laughs> because you were looking down. Yeah, avoid making eye contact. No, you better look at me when I talk to you. Uh, some news and notes. The Reds place right-hander Lucas Sims on the 10-day IL due to a right elbow sprain. He's expected to be out around a month, which 
you know, that kind of being more like six to eight weeks, knowing these baseball timelines. He started out miserable in 2021, pitching to a 720 ERA through the first month. But over a span of 16 games from May 5th to June 21st, Sims actually looked pretty dominant, posting a 2-4-1 ERA and a 29 to 8K walk ratio. Uh, so very good bounce back from him. Maybe TJ Antone's the guy. Lucas, uh, I'm sorry, Amir Garrett came in in the seventh today. So I would, if, if TJ Antone's a free agent in your league, I would go pick him up ASAP if you need some saves. Michael Conforto was activated yesterday off the IL, had two hits in his first game back. Some people were very smart and added him to their team last week. Hopefully some good production from him down the stretch before if he was struggling before going on the IL. Dodgers announced they reinstated outfielder Cody Bellinger. Bellinger had been out since June 11th with left hamstring tightness, and he missed barely more than the 10 days minimum on the IL. Uh, and it's his second sit for the former MVP, who spent the majority with a calf issue. The Astros announced they've activated Kyle Tucker from the COVID-19 injured list. He went on there as a precautionary measure with flu-like symptoms. The Astros didn't really miss him. They went 7-0 in his absence, and they've won nine straight overall. So they're hot, and they're adding him back into the lineup. Uh, the Astros are killing it as of right now. Friend of the show, Aaron Savale, left to start earlier this earlier this week, and he's been diagnosed with a strained right middle finger. He was a uh, he was shut down from throwing next week, or and he's expected to be out for four to five weeks. A tough blow for a uh, injury riddled Cleveland rotation. Savale, I don't know if it's just talking on triple play that gets you to this extra production here, but he tossed an MLB leading ninety seven and two thirds innings so far this year. He's had a 3-3-2 ERA and a 4-3-1 Sierra. Even though his strikeout rate is only 19.8%, he doesn't strike or he doesn't walk many people at 6% walk percentage, and he keeps the ball on the ground pretty well at a 45.3% ground ball rate. We're going to miss him, right, Eric? Yeah. Get quick, Aaron. Or get better quick. Yeah, what the hell was that? Get, get quick. quick. I, know, I know. You're bad with English sometimes. It, says the guy that messed up like five things reading from a freaking script. What did I mess up? You said Tony Bellinger. Then you said precautionary. Cody Bellinger. You said Tony. We'll go back and listen to this, and I'll point out all of the mistakes you made. Okay, fair enough. The Brewers announced Wednesday they placed first baseman Daniel Vogelbach on the 10-day IL through a left hamstring strain that's been called severe, and they recalled infielder Keston Hira from AAA. The Keston Hira experiment continues. I don't. I wouldn't rush to go pick him up. Still strikes out an insane amount. So. Uh, Unless you're dying, needing some power from first base, which he doesn't even give you much this year. I wouldn't really worry about it. Pete Alonso and Shohei Otane both committed to the home run derby today. The first two to commit. Alonso is defending his title while Otani is interested, uh, or interesting to add to this mix in general. I think we're all going to be very much watching the home run derby with him in it. We're just days into flying in the league's implementation of the testing pitchers for foreign substances. We've had some crazy things so far. You got Azer leader Sergio Romo basically dropping his pants. I think the the cool kids call it dropping trowel. And it was funny, but I think he wasn't having a good time with basically having to uh, do that in the middle of his appearance. The thing that's catching the most headlines is you have the Joe Girardi Max Scherzer scuffle that happened in Washington the other day. What did you make of that? Because I think that was actually hilarious how Scherzer just stared him down after he was checked for the third time and struck out uh, JT Real Muto. I like his response of check Bryce Harper's hair. Like, it's just ridiculous, though. Like, they're going overboard. I mean, they're they're treating these pitchers like criminals. 
and to check a pitcher three times, like it, it, it's, I feel like it's unfortunate for good pitchers because rather than them getting credit for the hard work or for just having filthy pitches, now the conclusion is that they must have something to make the spin rate go up. So it's just really unfortunate. I can't believe we're seeing this drastic change in a midseason. Yeah, I mean, that's an argument is if you have, if you want to change something, don't do it midseason. And the comparison I've heard brought up on at least two or three podcasts now. If you have a fantasy league and you change rules midseason, the entire league would quit. So why would you do that for a pro sport where there's a lot more on the line? So exactly. Uh, yeah, don't rob Manfred again showing his true colors as the uh, great baseball commissioner he is. Great in air quotes there. Diamondbacks star center fielder Ketel Marte left the game on Wednesday night against the Brewers in the first inning. He had a double but appeared to favor his left leg as he ran the bases. Diagnosed as a left hamstring tightness. It's actually the other hamstring, not the one that hurt before. I feel my gut another IL trip is coming, even though he hasn't been placed as of this recording. Uh, it's just been incredibly frustrating if you have him because he's looked great when he's played. Uh, but he's probably going on the IL again. Mets left-hander Joey Lucchese has been diagnosed with a complete tear of the UCL in his throwing elbow, and he's going to have Tommy John surgery, so he'll miss the rest of this year and most of next season as well. Doc, I put this in there because Joey Lucchese always has that place in my heart, and I don't know why. He gave me one good start where I beat uh, Little Cheesecake, and I needed 21 points to beat him, and he got me 21. So there's just something about him that I don't, I just can't quit, but he's, uh, he's not going to pitch for a while, so I guess I won't be watching him. Well, he, I'm glad that he got you at least one W. Yeah, yeah, I, I owe him that W. And the last but exciting announcement, the Rays announced they selected the contract of top infield prospect Wanda Franco, and he started Tuesday's game against the Red Sox and had multi-hit, uh, a multi-hit game in his first appearance and a homer, a nice slick double play that he turned. People that don't know Wander Franco, if you've been living under a rock, he's a they basically the number one prospect across any format. Baseball America has him as the top prospect for the past two seasons, calling him an exceptionally advanced hitter, potentially plus raw power and average defense at shortstop. He's compiled a 333, 400, 538 line in part of three professional seasons. And in AAA through 173 appearances this year, he hit 326, 376, 601 with seven home runs, despite being the league's youngest player. And so he's just completely been tearing it up. An 11.6% strikeout rate in in the AAA, which is absolutely incredible. That's less than half the MLB average of 23.4. And he's uh, he's just been absolutely dynamite. And he's looked great to start out his career early on. Doc, do you have any Wander Franco anywhere? I don't, and I regret it. But if you're in a redraft league, sell high on him. Uh, yeah, that's it's interesting because a lot of these prospects have been getting called up. Jared Kellnick's the first one that comes to my mind. You have the you know the uh, Alec Manoa guys that have balled out in the beginning, and then if you trade them at their peak value, which seems to be when the beginning when they're called up, and then noticing at least in redraft leagues that they've been tailing off. In dynasty, I'm not going to tell you to sell these guys, but in in redraft, I think you have to strongly consider it based off what their probably their value is right now. But you enjoy hearing about prospects. You enjoy hearing about my bachelor party where Eric danced half naked on the dance floor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It's anywhere you find podcasts. Triple Play's there. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy football and basketball show you can check out. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about hooking us up with a five-star rating and review to support the show? Make sure you check us out on all our socials at Triple Play Fantasy. 
We've got a website, TripPlayFantasy.com. And, of course, a YouTube channel, Triple Play Fantasy. On our socials, you'll catch Doc tweeting about things that we don't care about. Uh, it's like a pick one, only one. It's like, which one would you rather have? David just loves to, David just loves to hear himself talk, which is why these plugs need to be longer than they <laughs> need to be. Of course, if you go to the website, there's tons of articles, videos, podcasts. And on the YouTube, we've got Movie Minutes. We've got our Fantasy 15s. We've got Breaking Down Fantasy Baseball Pitchers and Hitters. We have Debbie content if you like the football Debbie content. Of course, we have some NBA draft talk that's been getting a lot of buzz. All the stuff that you want is over on the Triple Play Fantasy YouTube. So make sure you check all that as well. And remember, if you are looking for a podcast that's not scheming or shady just to get your money, I'm talking about the opposite of those podcasts that make you feel so greasy that you're licking your fingers and all that finger licking is making your girlfriend give you a butt kicking. Look no further than this podcast right here because I'm telling you, it just might change your life. And we're going to jump into bullpens and bombs with Mike Carter and Carlos Marcano right after this quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Triple Play Fantasy Baseball coming at you live tonight, as we always do every single Thursday night. Got a quite a crew here. Of course, you know the guy that's right over to my right. It's uh, my co-host and uh, my lesser half here. That's the doc, Eric Mendelson. How's it going? Uh, I've been told I'm more handsome than you. By that black girl that you were dancing with the other day? Uh, no, by everyone besides your fiance. Oh, that's, that's a pretty bold statement to say. Uh, but that's enough time spent on you. I gotta make sure that we get to our two special guests. And the two guys you see at the bottom, we welcome in some men who are smart, <coughs> rugged, charming, and creators of joy. Both multi-site writers. One at Fantrax, SP streamer, ninth inning know-it-all, and Rota fanatic, where he's a proud father. Smokes cigars, loves his socks, and is our principal. Another is a writer at Pitcherless, Prospects 365, and Six Man Rotation, where he has created the at the SPEX and QStat leaderboards. Stands for all things your mean Mercedes, <laughs> and almost as much as Bobby Abreu, and is a baseball is cool cat. Ladies and gentlemen. It's our friends, Mike Carter and Carlos Marcano. How's it going, guys? All good, all good. Oh, my God. Uh, first, oh, that has been loved the, the intro, the, the one that Mike did for you, Mike Kirkland. It's, it's so rad that I love it. Rad is it's like, awesome. it's that, that's what uh, all the cool kids say, right, Rad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, have, I have a uh, dope, okay. Okay, I have to ask. Him. <laughs> and I'm so happy to be here again, man. You are... You know, well, you know that you are some of my favorite people on, on fantasy baseball, Twitter, and Twitter all around. So, uh, and live, to be honest. So thank you for having me tonight. And especially with uh, such a great and awesome guy like Mike Carter, the doctor. Well, now that we've all said these nice things about me, I'm going to go and you guys can go talk amongst yourselves because it's not going to get any better, not going to get any better than that for me. So 
Thank you guys for having me. I was, we were just talking about before the show started that the first time I ever was on a podcast was with you guys last year. And so it's really cool to kind of to come back and be considered, uh, um, somebody that you guys like. <laughs> it's a good feeling. Hey, I, I mean, that's putting it lightly. As we talked about pre show, you guys definitely struck a chord. I know Cheesecake's not here. He'll be back, you know, at some point in the future, but all three of us have, have talked and, you know, you guys all struck a chord with us. Just humble guys, really know your stuff. And we always enjoy engaging with you guys on Twitter. So it's always just to be able to have you both back on the show at the same time is just, it's awesome that it was, you guys were both able to do it at the same time. And I'm looking forward to being able to dive into some stuff with you guys tonight and some important topics. And we've got, of course, we have Coaching Itch checking in. We've got our buddy Toby, who does some of our graphics checking in. We got Yancey checking in. <laughs> Mike's talking, dying to talk about some hitters. Uh, well, Yancey it, made a comment that wasn't about me for once. I feel left out. <laughs> You probably have one, I'm sure. But before All we right. get into everything, I, I do got to ask you guys. It's, it's been a little business. We talked to you guys, obviously, over uh, a session here. So I got to ask first, Mike, you're writing for four sites, right? <laughs> yeah, technically, yeah. <laughs> uh, so can you can you explain to us how you're balancing that out? Because that I, I have trouble writing for two sites, let alone four. Well. The one thing that I will say that I'm really lucky about, well, two things, is that my family is really understanding and accepting of my hobby. And I always tell my wife it could be worse. You know, worse, I could be, you know, a crack addict uh, like I was in the early 90s. No, I wasn't. wasn't but, but, but she's very supportive of it. And honestly, most of the writing that I do is done like on Friday and Saturday. Usually in the afternoon, I kind of get cranking. And I do a lot of like tinkering around during the week, you know, like for the, for the stuff that I do for, um, um, for fan tracks, I start that usually like on Wednesday when I have an idea of like who's going to be starting next week. And then I just put it in there and then mess around with it like a puzzle. It takes a little while to do it and it's cool. Um, but you know, really my Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings are spent predominantly writing. And my, my family is really cool about that and understanding of it. During the week, we're so busy running around to practices and the baseball practice and violin practice and everything like that, that that's kind Jeez. of my time. That's kind of my, that's kind of my me time, you know? Um, Clearly, I don't exercise, so um, we know that that's what I'm doing, and they love they love for me doing it, and I I, I have a hard time saying no. I, people ask me to do things, and I feel like it's a privilege, you know. I mean, uh, a year ago, I wasn't writing anything except for nine and know it all, and just doing pieces for them sporadically four or five times a year, and now I have like four pieces coming out, three four pieces coming out a week, which is pretty cool, you know. It's a, I'm gonna enjoy the ride while it lasts for sure. Yeah, and you're, I mean, again, writing for four sites isn't by accident. People want your baseball knowledge and your services, man. I mean, you're doing great work, and now you're on a bunch of pods, and you're uh, you're one of the top guys in the industry, rival rivaling our other guy here, uh, Carlos, who, since you were last came on here, uh, you created a stat that I know I butchered how to say it when I introed it. So can you tell us a little bit, and you obviously got picked up by Pitcher List, too, which is is awesome. Insanely awesome and, and much terrific. Absolutely. You're great work for them. So can you tell us a little bit this, about the stats that you created? Because I know you've explained it before, but for those that haven't heard it before. Um, sure, sure. Uh, it's, it's just a, like, uh, an index, kind of index. That's why, uh, it's the simple pitching estimate, estimation index. And, uh, it's just about, uh, trying to, you know, simplify a little bit the, the whole, uh, Oh, oh yes, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but I, I like Burns. Don't, don't, don't say that. <laughs> I knew that was coming at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. 
So uh, this this index of search, it, it's just a way to, to try to simplify that. All these, you know, we are uh, so immersed of all kinds of stats everywhere. And, and that's cool because we have more information than ever. And, that, and all for that, you know, I'm a numbers guy. But sometimes that can be a little bit too much, to be honest. So mm-hmm. what I wanted was to take, you know, some of the best things that we have around and simplify and put it into one number that can, you know, give us a, a like a first step towards trying to, to estimate uh, a pitcher's performance. And and I had the all the help in the world there in picture picture list from the data team, which is amazing. I uh, I cannot stress enough how good they are. On, on, on what they do and, and it's a blast man it's uh, being able to you know write about something I love so much and you do again both a great job at it and it's been fun uh, to watch you guys just continue to blow up and again it couldn't happen to better people so I'm, I'm really happy to keep watching your guys journeys as you guys keep growing and uh and you guys got two big fans and three I know a few for cheesecake too that will watching it from the sidelines seeing you guys do your thing uh but you guys got to help out our audience tonight because we got a big dilemma right now. And that's why our main topic today is something that is very prevalent right now in fantasy baseball. And that's bullpens and bombs. So we've got guys that are streaking, hitting a bunch of home runs. We'd have no idea if they're going to continue it or not. And then we also have bullpens where we have no idea who's getting the save this night, who's getting moved to the eighth inning the next night. And some guys, some teams have three guys that we don't know which one is getting the save. So we need you guys to help break this down. Uh, Mike studies bullpens like the stock market. <laughs> Carlos is a Yermin Mercedes stand and fancies himself a long ball, I know. So you guys are going to be flexing those muscles, but then, of course, the other subjects as well. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Let's talk about these. Let's start about the bullpens first. And there's three things we're going to talk about with bullpens. It's first trying to clarify a crazy bullpen. We have no idea who the guy is, and you guys can kind of help fix that for us. A surprise closer in 2021, and their outlook for the rest of the season, if you think that they're going to continue to be good or you should try to sell them while you can. And then a potential eighth inning guy that could step up and maybe you could try to bid on and fab before they get crazy expensive. So let's start first. Clarify a crazy bullpen. We have no idea who the guy is. Carlos, can you start us off right here? So there are multiple options here. It's been so crazy regarding bullpens. And I think, well, there is one bullpen that I think is particularly crazy, which is the, the uh, Baltimore bullpen. I mean, uh, and it's double, you know, difficult to, because they don't win <laughs> very often. So <laughs> it, it's twice as, as hard to, to make something out of it. Right now, I guess it's Paul Fry, the guy leading the the, the bunch there. But I'm, I think uh, it's going to end up going to Hunter Harvey at some point in the rest during the rest of the season because um, I mean he's the guy that they've always envisioned as their as their closer. Mm-hmm. He's got the raw stuff. He's uh, he's their prototype. He's the prototype of a closer. For, for any team, to be honest. Unfortunately, health has been a terrible issue for him. And um, right now, it's a committee thing. They tried with Cesar Valdez. Unfortunately, you cannot only live from a changeup unless you are Devin Williams. And, and, uh, and even him is struggling this year uh, a little bit uh, more than, than we thought he would. So um, 
in that crazy bullpen, I think they might end up with Hunter Herbert leading the, the safe some at some point. And Are you rest. worried that when Hunter Harvey does come back, that they might still want Paul Fry there for especially versus lefties? Right now in uh, 2021 versus left-handers, he's got a 176 average against. Are you worried that they might play the matchups, or do you think it's firmly going to be Hunter Harvey's job? I, I I don't trust Paul Fry to be honest. I I think he <laughs> will implode at some at some point. Uh, I might be wrong. Mike is the specialist there, but but. Uh, you're right on. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust any Baltimore relief pitcher, to be honest. Well, that's, a thing. that's a thing. Yeah, I know. I know. Kill your ratios. They also have. They also have uh, Tanner Scott, which is not mm-hmm. bad at all. You know, he, he's a very capable guy. And um, but I think they're going to keep using him in more, you know, higher higher leverage situations when you know situational things that that it can be a better suit for him. Uh, so I I think at the end Hunter Herbie will will be who's already back from IL I, I guess yeah I recall mm-hmm. yeah Mike let's go to you next because I think that's a good way to start with the Orioles and for those that if Hunter Harvey's a free agent in your league keep an eye on that for when he's fully healthy and you think he can go ahead and grab that job there's a question about Scott Barlow being from our guy Toby uh Mike I don't know if that's where you were gonna go or if you just want to comment on it for uh, for KC do you think he will be the guy in Kansas City? an interesting question. I, one comment on what Carlos said, I think, um, that needs to be made about Paul Fry is that I think he's probably a pretty good trade candidate, actually. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Harvey was the guy there. I've called that for a while, too. I totally agree with Carlos on that. It wouldn't surprise me if Fry or Scott had trade value, especially to a contender who needs a situational lefty. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, Kansas City, <laughs> good luck. Um, you know, the, I think the biggest problem in Kansas City, quite honestly, besides Mike Matheny, is that um, Greg Holland really doesn't fit any other role other than pitching the ninth inning. He's not a guy that you really want to bring in the sixth or the seventh inning to try to, you know, keep your lead, right? He's just not that kind of guy. He just doesn't profile that way. And uh, as Toby said, you know, Barlow's got really good stuff. So does Stamont. They seem not really wanting to use Stomont since he came back. He had that knee injury, and, I, and maybe he's more hurt than what people think he is. But um, I think Barlow is a really good, intriguing candidate there. And if you, it's somebody that you are looking for uh, saves from, you know, there's a good chance that he might be able to get in there, considering that Holland gets hurt pretty frequently. And I don't think Kansas City really feels that they're in it. I, I, I mean, I, I know that they're on the periphery of it in the Central. Um, I, I still think the White Sox are the best team in the Central. Um they've got you know they they've got the best starting pitching and they got the best closer. So I Barlow could really be a guy to sneak in under the waiver wire there. Um I, I just don't Holland's got five saves, but they've used like five different guys to get saved. So I, I'm not real confident in that one. Um the other one that I was gonna comment on was Cincinnati, which is a bit of a disaster right now too, with uh mm-hmm. Sims going down today and gonna be out for at least a month which probably means more like six weeks to two months. And now TJ Antone came back this week, and I know David Bell wants to use him in a multi-inning role, but he's probably going to be their closer now, I would think. Uh, they can't trust Amir Garrett. Um, he wants to fight everybody. And uh, yeah. Sean, Do- Sean Doolittle couldn't get Jack Carter out right now, I don't think. So um, I think it'll be Antone. Shout out to Jack Carter, whose team <laughs> let him far and sounds like got robbed a little bit in their last game. Yeah, it was a tough loss, no doubt. Still kind of, re- we're all still kind of reeling from it. They, the, um, the umpire uh, called a 
called the interference uh, call wrong on the base pass and allowed the winning run to score when it should have been a dead ball. Unfortunately, I was I was the only adult there who knew what the rule was, and the umpire is a fourteen year old kid. Not gonna be. A, I'm, not gonna, I'm not. Hey, I'm, I'm not gonna be that guy. You know. Hey, don't hey don't don't hit on us umpires. We have a tough job. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I tell the kids I go. We are not arguing with umpires ever, never. So it's a good message, even with the the tough yeah. result there. Doc, did any one of yours get set? I'll let you chime in if you have a quick one you want to add, then we'll move to the next one. I'm gonna stay in the AL Central, and I think it's with the. Cleveland baseball team. I mean, we're still calling them Indians. So they didn't re-sign Brad Hand. And I thought we, I think we all thought James Krinchak was going to be the guy. Now he's eight out of nine on the year, the 2.76 ERA and a 1.01 whip. But Emmanuel Classe leads the team with 11 saves. Uh, he was suspended all of last year for PEDs, a 0.88 ERA. But the pattern recently has been very frustrating. So for Classe on June 15th, he had a save. On June 17th, he had a save. And then mm-hmm. June 20th and the 21st, he got holds. James Karinchak, after Cal Quantrill got knocked out in the fourth inning, he then pitched in middle relief to get the win on the 16th. And then that same day that Class A was in the eighth inning, Karinchak mm-hmm. pitched and got the save. Nick Widgren isn't part of this. Oh, that's a name. I remember Nick Widgren. Yeah, oh, TBT. But... Yeah. I, I don't think there's a, a clear answer going forward. I think it's just going to be, it seems like whenever he declared someone was the closer, that's when they blew up. So he's just kind of keeping both in that ready situation. Like I said, Krimchak, eight out of nine, class A, 11 out of 12. So they've both been pretty productive. The so, interesting thing about Karimchak is that, um, when you really looked at the usage pattern, what was happening was that Francona was using him against lefties. Mm-hmm. And so if the, if you got to a ninth inning situation, and Francona is as good as it gets, right? So he's looking two or three innings ahead of time before anybody else is and seeing, okay, we get to the ninth and they got two lefties coming up. I'm going to go with Karinchek because lefties against Karinchek up until like two weeks ago were two for 50 against him with like 28, 29 strikeouts, something absurd. It was and just like. <laughs> I was going to say, the thing I worry about Karinchek is, I mean, his nickname is Wild Thing, but that's really what he can be on the mound. He has five walks in his last three appearances. That's really where his 1.01 whip comes from because not many pitchers or not many players are making contact with him, like Mike alluded to, especially lefties. But, 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 but he can, he can, you know, have that and uh, he can run away with it with, uh, because he will struck out the this, this side after two walks or something like that. <laughs> That's so right. true. I mean, he's yeah, only but, given up like 14 hits all year, you know. I mean, the guy, people just don't hit him. Yeah. Um, the thing that's really interesting about that, though, is that I always come back to context matters, right? Like, the, the Indians traded Corey Kluber to get Emmanuel Classe. There's a reason why they did that. Classe is really good. And so th- you really can't lose with either one of those guys. I and mean, they're both going to get opportunities, but I think it'll be more like a 60-40 Classe to Karinchek split down the way. I like it. Way to clear. I think you guys did a job clearing up some of those bullpen questions. Let's move to the next subject here. And one of them could be the cover boy hmm. uh, in our bullpens. Involved. He's talking about surprising 2021 closers that kind of came out of nowhere. Or wondering what we should do rest of season, if we should ride it out or try to sell in case you think there's something in their peripherals that uh, doesn't look good where they could bomb and get replaced. So Alex Reyes, Kendall Graveman, Mark Melanson, these are just a couple names out there that have kind of just blown up and taken the world by storm this year. So, Mike, I'll go to you to start this one. Who's the closer you want to bring up that kind of just came to relevance in 2021? You know, I, I have to apologize to Matt Barnes because I, I've trashed him for years and never thought he was any good. And, and 
was a guy that I never really wanted to have, and he's been terrific this year. Um, and I and I do think from looking at the peripherals every week, like I do, and at least at least in my understanding of the peripherals, uh, I I really think he can keep it up. You know, if he controls the walk, I've really been um, really surprised by was Ian Kennedy. You know, the guy was a non non roster invitee, uh, minor league contract, and he's been a closer for Texas. And Texas is going to flip him and get something for him. Um, I don't see him closing into a, a, on a, con, a contending team, but I think he could be a good seventh or eighth inning guy for somebody who needs relief help, like my White Sox. So that, that's actually really perfect. So that's an example of somebody that you think, hey, if you have Ian Kennedy and you're in a league that trades, hey, if someone needs saves, try to get rid of him now before he gets traded to a contender, and then he's an eighth or seventh inning guy on a contender. Like you said, I think that's a, a perfect and, and reasonable you know, guess to make in this situation because the Rangers have nothing to play for. So that's uh, the first time I've been told that was reasonable today, David. Thank you. (laughs) That's (laughs) what I'm here for. Uh, Doc, let's go to you next. Who's somebody, uh, and I don't know if any of you guys, if if any of you guys had this guy, Michael Fulmer in there, you can go and take the floor. That was your guy with Toby's. Toby's connected into the baseball stuff in in the, uh, in our Slack chat. He engages anybody. So, Uh, um, so, so you, you already mentioned my guy, David. It's Mark Melanson. I drafted Emilio Pagan in a lot of leagues. I think Drew Pomeranz, we all thought, had a chance to contend. I mean, Melanson is 22 out of 25 this year. And you look at what he's done compared to last year, and a lot of the metrics are the same. He's throwing his cutter as his main pitch about 60% of the time. It's roughly the same speed. Last year, it had a 306 batting average against this year. It's 234. He hasn't thrown his split finger at all, which I think was interesting. Uh, hitters were 0 for 4 against it last year. Uh, his curveball is roughly the same. What's interesting is his walk percentage is a career high, and his K percentage is down from his career average. So he's closed 22 out of 25 games this year. That's 88%. He's closed about 83.5% for his career. But he's also 36 years old. So his ERA right now is 1.97. His expected ERA is 3.43. He could be a sell-high candidate. I don't think he keeps the success of the entire season. But once again, he has 25 opportunities, so that's where, where I think the real value has really come in for him. Yeah, I remember before I just remember before the season started, everybody thought they knew the San Diego bullpen, and it, whether it was uh, Drew Pomerantz or Emilio I thought, Pagan. I was all in on Pagan. All yeah, in. everybody thought they were like, I got the San Diego closer. I don't remember on any podcast hearing Mark Melanson. Uh, so it just shows you how much we really know, but Doc's telling you to try to sell high on Melanson if you can. I mean, mm-hmm. again, he's uh, one of the league leaders in saves if he's not the league leader. I think he is a the league leader. Yeah. 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 So, uh, wise words from Doc. Let's go to Mr. Carlos over here, which is a, a guy that you want to talk about. So uh, this one will sound funny because it's an amazing uh, picture, but uh, honestly, did we Thought that did we think that uh, Craig Kimbrell was gonna have the season that he's having? No, yeah. oh, wow. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, and, and it's funny because he's an, he's been an elite uh, closer for as long as you can remember, you know. And 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 but what he's done, he has done this year is just short of amazing. And and and, and honestly, the whole uh, Cops bullpen has been terrific. Why am I all, all those guys has been, I mean, a, a big reason for the cops' resurgence in, in, uh, in this in this 
season. So I think, uh, and it's funny because you, we shouldn't be, be saying that Kimberly uh, is um, amazing. It's been amazing because he was amazing. But after last season, there was a lot of things to to doubt about him. But he has been closing out, you know, left and right, and I think he's going to continue doing it. The Cubs will be contending, I think so, and they are not going to sell this guy. They are going to roll with it, and, and the rest, I mean, the lucky guys that trusted him are, are, you know, smiling all the way to the bank. You're 100% right. I did not think that Craig Kimball was going to bounce back this way. He looked toast, and he's really just... He's been one of the best closers in baseball this year. And think of the value. We're pretty much getting him almost for free, I felt like, in a lot of drafts because no one was no one was buying into him. And it, and Carlos is all in on buying him. So if, if someone's like, I'm waiting for it to fall off and you can get him for a little cheaper than his production, yeah, it sounds like a, a good buy to me. Uh, you, know what, you, know, you know what was interesting about Kimbrell, though? Is mm-hmm. that if, if you go back and look at his last, like, small sample size, obviously, but his month of September, he was lights out. And uh, it, it really looked, you know, obviously I'm in Chicago, so I get to see both teams quite a bit. And later, because that guy looks like he might be back, you know. I mean, uh, and, and things hadn't really changed from other than that he was just walking so many guys. And, and once he kind of figured that out, he kind of got back. And so I was drafting him, I'm like, okay, uh, closer two, right, but under the radar. Like, I was, he, to me, he was like the ninth or tenth best guy on the, on the board. And I took him in a lot of places, and it's been paying off for me so far. I yeah. also think the Cubs are better than everybody thought they'd be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely helped. What What are your thoughts, Mike, on the Tyler Rogers Jake McGee debate? Uh, both of them, it seems like uh, we've seen mixes of guys coming in and out there. What are your thoughts? <laughs> the bullpen makes me feel dead inside. Oh man, I have Tyler <laughs> Rogers in my in my GAPI, and I, I want to die every time I, I'm waiting <laughs> for for a save from that because when I was pet him, there comes Jake McGee. I want right. to, you know, crush the team's television. And, you know, the thing, thing about San Francisco that's just so crazy is that I I, I, I don't like to badmouth people too much, but I don't understand how Gabe Kapler keeps jobs. And they're <laughs> winning with what he's doing. I mean, his bullpen management is absolute horseshit. And he, he, <laughs> there he you wrote, go, Mike. There you he go. Wrote, he rode McGee into the ground. Um, McGee, McGee became hurt and ineffective. Now he's back and he wants to use them like three innings at a time. It seems like you know, um, I, I never really bought into Tyler Rogers as a closer. I don't know that. I, I think he does an admirable job as a stopgap, but he's really not the guy. You know, I wonder if they got somebody else kind of coming, like you know, Connor Menez or somebody like that who has looked pretty good in a, a small sample too. I don't know that they can get by with this long term. I mean, I, and let, I, I would hope that they would be buyers based on what they're doing and maybe they would go after somebody that, you know, that could help them out and, and close in games because I just, that situation is just ugly to me. It's, they've gotten the job done, but it's really not pretty, you know? Yeah. And then there's up something else. that interesting thought by our friend, Brian K, friend of the show. Good to check you see out in here. Um, so he wants to ask you guys, sticky stuff seems to be brought up with starters, but will relievers be affected? Injuries are inflated ERA and whip. So Carlos or Mike, what do you guys think? Gonna affect everyone, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone is using it, and now everyone is stopping using it. So, I mean, mayhem. It, it, it's unraveling in front of our eyes. I, I like how all of a sudden pitchers are like criminals now. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're coming and checking them out. 
Like, you shouldn't be doing that in the middle in the middle of a season. That's stupid, to be honest. That's something that you no, have to so stupid to to start uh, you know start fresh from the beginning and everyone in in line with it. I I think once again, Mr. Manfred is you know killing what, us slowly. You know what? What are you talking about? He's the best commissioner in all of sports. <laughs> oh my god! Don't get me started. Yeah. Thanks for the question, Brian. Um. Yeah. I, I, we could get in a whole tangent about it, so I'll, I'll just bite my tongue and we'll move to the, the last question for bullpens. And this is a potential eighth inning guy that right now you could probably buy low on and then you're going to ride those saves out for potentially the rest of the year, help you if you need some saves. So, Doc? So, I am... Oh, hey, David. Hi. You want to start us off with this? Yeah, so I'm going to start with Blake Trinan, and I know that he had the loss yesterday, but before that, his last five appearances, he pitched scoreless outings. I'm going to use Mike Carter's line of context matters. They signed him to a two-year, $17.5 million extension. I don't think that was to be the full-time setup guy. Kenley Jansen has a career-low K percentage and a career-high walk percentage. He's blown up in the past now. We do see a little bit of uptick in his cutter and sinker. But I think over the course of the season, the speed could go down on that. Blake Trinan has a higher K rate this year at 28% than he normally has for his career of 23.6. His walk percentage is down. And the numbers he has this year are similar to when he was the closer for the athletics and he had 38 saves. So we know that's his ceiling. I think the Dodgers maybe save Kenley Jansen for the playoffs. We know that they have aspirations of repeating. So I feel like they could use Trinan a little more in the regular season and he'll get some saves. All right. Well, you know, hold on. Wait a second. First, Nick Pavetta, six and two-third, no hit innings with eight Ks today. He continues to be a wild card. Second, Doc, I do not agree with you. Bad Doc. Bad. That's fine. Who's hiring TGFBI? Me. Oh, this Me. is the first time you've been able Me. to say that all season. So <laughs> Yeah, no, I've been doing it the last week, David. I will say, though, if you look at... Kenley Jansen, a 1.52 ERA, a 2.68 XERA, a 3.36 FIP, and a 4.71 XFIP. So obviously the XFIP doesn't look great. I mean, even though the the uh the strikeouts are, he's still averaging over a K per nine. Mm-hmm. Home run to fly ball rate is at 3.3 percent, which is the lowest it's been uh in his entire career, pretty much since his rookie season in 2010, when he only pitched 27 innings. I don't think. He's too consistent and too good. He may falter some down the stretch, but I think with what he's already done this first half of the season, I don't see them taking him out of the closer's role. He hasn't done, to me, anything to warrant it. It's not like they haven't had a quick hook with him in the past, but I don't expect them to have a quick hook now. So You're wrong. All right, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Carlos, who's your guy? Don't you love see brother fight? Yeah. <laughs> I, I so great. You know, you know, you know. It's funny. As much as David and I hate each other, we got matching tattoos in oh, Atlantic City. Don't care that's about so seeing our great. matching tattoos. <laughs> yeah, they uh, do. All, the people that are tuning in want to see it. They want to see bad decisions we made. Oh uh, my god! That's probably not even close to the worst decision you guys made last weekend. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Carlos. Who's the uh, the guy for you? Uh, for the eight in that might be getting. Uh, safe down the road? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, I was thinking Barlow at the beginning, but we, we've already talked about it. So I'll, I'll drop a crazy name here that might get some, some steam down the road. If Ian Kennedy gets traded 
uh, or gets you know hurt which would not be weird uh Joel Rodriguez might get some opportunity there in that bullpen and uh I mean if you see his ERA five of five ninety one that that would make you run screaming but his peripherals are a little bit better his fit mm-hmm. is only three point oh two uh he's been pitching for for ground balls a lot he has a respectable 23, 24% K percentage. His walks are, are a little bit down uh, as of late. He hasn't been, he hasn't been lights out, but he's been doing a consistent job over there. So that could be a name to consider if you are very desperate for sake in some of your moves. Okay. I like it. Let's switch gears. Let's go on to uh, some hitters. And I will, yeah, like Toby said, you probably put any. Any raised pitcher here because <laughs> they're an eighth inning guy one day. And then, I was going to throw out Pete Fairbanks as a guy to watch too, you know. Oh, so. yeah, I'm sorry. For, I totally did, forgot to go to you, Mike. Go ahead. Oh, it's okay. No worries. I'm, I don't think it's rude at all. Uh, I, I think a guy that um, really could provide you some value is Jose Alvarado in Philadelphia. I mean, Hector Neris is hanging on by the skin of his teeth. Uh, he seems to always get the job done. Uh, Joe Girardi appears to be losing his mind. And mm-hmm. I, you know, so maybe maybe he'll take Neris out of that role. But Alvarado's five and zero. Oh, he's got an ERA under three. Uh, he's got thirty six strikeouts in twenty six and two thirds innings, and he's gotten the opportunities on nights when Neris has needed a rest. I think he's got two saves, maybe maybe three. I'm not sure. I haven't checked. But that's a guy right there that is high octane. The stat cast is blood red. Exactly what you want in that closer role. Um, we we know that Girardi is not necessarily biased against having left handed closers. So. Um, you know, that might be something that, that could come up and, and get you. The other guy that I think is a really good one to earmark is Giovanni Gallegos in St. Louis because, mm. uh, the Cardinals are going to, the Cardinals are really riding Reyes a lot. And they said before the year started that they were going to try to limit him to between 90 and 100 innings. And I know he's not there yet, but with the way he walks guys, he might, they might shut him down earlier than later. Now, I don't know that they'll shut him down for the year, obviously, in Paul Strasburg, but if they decide to rest him and manipulate the IL like a lot of teams are doing, you know, Gallegos is a guy that would really step in there and get some save opportunities, I think. He got, he would have to be one of the, I feel like if you're in any type of fab league, if anything, any kind of extended absence for Reyes, he would go for astronomical money because he's also shown he's been extremely. Weather money. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Uh, Another good comment. Uh, Dylan Flora hasn't been bad, but the Marlins are bad if, if, uh, Yumi is traded. I don't, I don't know if I haven't heard anything about Yumi being traded, but the next man up, uh, I know, um, Brandon Bass was, uh, a big guy in the, I'm wondering if he would step you in, but he's Anthony been pretty good. Huh? Or Anthony Bass. I'm thinking of the basketball player, Brandon Bass. Uh, Anthony Bass, the, uh, Anthony Bass is not a closer. He had a bad first, like, he's awful. He's bad. His first he's, two he's times bad. of the year, but he's been really good ever since. He's awful. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Well, let's <laughs> let's start talking about some hitters. We gotta get some bats mixed in here. 
we've got a couple <laughs> categories. You've got a surprise home run hitter. Uh, and you can kind of tell us if you think rest of season they're going to be what they look like. Someone like a, uh, I'm thinking of, uh, I think he's mentioned pretty much every episode now, but the, uh, why am I blanking on his name from the, uh, the Rangers? Uh, why am I totally Adolis blanking Garcia. on his name? Adolis? Yeah, Adolis, yeah. thank you. I, total brain fart. Adolis Garcia, someone like that, or an underperforming home run hitter that you would expect to bounce back and you could maybe buy low on because he's going to hit a barrage of bombs. Someone like Kyle Schwarber is doing right now. And again, that's, that's the reason why he's on the, uh, he's one of our cover boys for this one. So let's start with the first category. That's the surprise home run hitter and what you think they're going to do rest of season. Let's start back at the top with Carlos. So I don't know if this is much of a surprise, but Tyler O'Neill, mm-hmm. I mean, that kid is just raw power. I, I, I haven't seen such a good row ro- power profile in a while. Um, his dynamic hard hitting rate is on the roof. His hard hit rate is on the roof. He has a tremendous, um, consistent batting path, which is, is really good for, for avoiding strikeouts. He will strike out a lot because he's still a power, a power hater, but I think uh, we're gonna see at any moment, you know, something crazy like Schwarber is doing these days. Uh, a week with five, six homers from Tyler O'Neill, and and he will end the year with a really nice amount of, of homers. Uh, unfortunately, it's too late to get him uh, anywhere. The you know has a respectable competition because everyone everyone uh, got it uh, a while ago. But but I mean he's. He's a guy that will surely display uh, a great deal of, of power for the rest of the season. I like sure. that. And there's actually two guys I want to ask you guys about as well. Uh, one person, sometimes the comments don't fully show. We have a, a Brian asking about Soler potentially. And then I also saw someone write in about Brandon Crawford. So mm. No, um, Brandon Crawford's mine. I'll, 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 we'll do, let's do talk about Brandon Crawford and then maybe Mike, before you go, you can talk about Solaire and then whoever you were going to bring up as well. So go ahead, Doc. Why don't you talk about Brandon Crawford? So yeah, right now he has 16 home runs in 64 games. That's the second most he's had in a season. The most he had is his 21. He's on pace for 40. Right now his barrel percentage is a career high at 17%. It's 6% for his career. He has 47.7 hard hit. It's 36.6 for his career. His launch angle is 14 degrees, and it's 10.8 for his career. He's 32 years old, so I don't think that he's just having a suddenly resurgent year. 29.6 of his hits are home runs. I think that is very wow. unsustainable. He has three at Cincinnati, Great American Small Park, and he has two at Colorado. So figure so he's already played in some of the more homer-friendly environments. I think that he drastically slows down, maybe finishes the year with like 27, 28, which would still be a career high for him, but not nearly at the pace he is now. 32 is the new 23. I don't know. Maybe he's just, uh, he's just turning back the clocks and just letting them rip. I don't know. I mean, I would, I think I've heard over unders like for the rest of the season being like around 11 or 12 for him. So I wouldn't, I would, yeah, I definitely wouldn't say that he would be. Uh, somebody I would think would finish with 40. Uh, someone also just asked about Eugenio Suarez. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he's another guy we could th- throw in in this category as well. But Mike, why don't you talk about your guy and then we got to address Jorge Soler. 
Yeah, I, I you know one guy that I've been sort of surprised by pleasantly is Marcus Simeon. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's the guy that uh, a couple of years ago was an MVP candidate. I think he had about thirty three home runs for the A's. Signed a, a really team friendly deal to go with the Blue Jays, uh, and he's hitting really well, or was anyway. I mean, he, his May was ridiculous. I mean, I think he hit like three sixty eight in May with like eight bombs. In June, he's hitting two twenty nine with five home runs. Uh, the strikeouts have kind of ticked up a little bit, but that's kind of who he is, right? I mean, he's not going to probably hit for a high average. Uh, he probably will get around, you know, if he continues to play and be healthy, he'll probably hit around 30 home runs, but he's been really a surprise. Um, on the downside uh, with the other question about Jorge Soler, that's another guy too that something just looks off with him. I mean, I, I saw the Sox playing against Kansas City a couple of weeks ago and his, his, like his timing mechanism or something was just way off. I mean, and he didn't seem like he was that far away from being able to fix it. This is a guy that's got light tower power, right? I mean, this is, when he hits it, it goes. The problem is he doesn't hit it enough, right? So um, I, I don't see any reason why Kansas City is not going to play him and continue to use him. Um, so he'll have every opportunity, I think, to kind of bust out of that slump, and, and, and he probably will. Do I think he's going to hit 48 home runs this year? Obviously, no, with time wasting. But, you know, he might still be able to give you a second-half power surge if you're looking for somebody that, He's on the way. So that's a guy that you might be able to get cheaply and stash on your bench and pay you some dividends later down the road. Yeah, I'm looking into him a little bit. I think one of the things to note is he's a 239 Babbitt. So you would expect that would might normalize. I mean, he's striking out actually a lot less than last year. He's striking out closer what he had in his breakout 2019, walking at the same clip. And again, I think it's one of those things. I heard people talk about that his launch angle isn't great with this baseball because it's not as much of a line drive and a little bit more of kind of like pop-ups. So he was really benefiting with the bouncy ball and mm-hmm. that those those high fly balls were going out and now they're kind of dying at the warning track. So I am going to be interested to see if that, you know, if he does get the power back based off of what I've been hearing with that. But with the 239 Babbitt, I would expect that to go up. The home run fly ball rate, I would expect that to go up as well. So he might be someone that's a great buy low as well. The hard hit percentage is right in line, again, within half a percent of what he had the year uh, in 2019. So he's still hitting the ball hard. Uh, again, I, I, he might, I'm not going to go out of my way to go make sure I pick him up. But, yeah, I don't think a surge later on would be shocking for me. He, he also chips in with steals, too. I mean, he's got, he's got nine or ten steals, I think, as well. So it's a guy that you could yeah. you know, use in a, a number of different options. So, And you want to hear this. So I talked about the home run fly ball rate. His home run fly ball rate the last three years, 2019, 28.1%, 2020, 22.9%, this year, 8.8%. So, again, that that's, I think says a lot right there. Is that, is that good? <laughs> <laughs> Weird downturn there. Jorge Soler. Uh, and, and maybe, like uh, Brian said, maybe playing in the outfield, messing with him or a little bit, I don't know. But great potential by low guy for you or again if he's probably a free agent just keep an eye on him mm-hmm. let's get to the last topic we're going to talk about in this segment and that's going to be an underperforming home run hitter like jorge soler so he kind of kicked this one off for us so brian that was a great job leading us into this one mike who's an underperforming home run hitter that you would expect them to bounce back in the second half where is anthony rendon hmm. he's he, I, I watched, a, I got a, to catch a little bit of that crazy, uh, Angels and Giants game. I think it was yesterday. The days all kind of blur together when you're my age. Um, 
But um, that was pretty wild. Uh, he just he looks lost too. I think he's only got four home runs and he's hitting like two thirty, two thirty five somewhere in there. Um, and uh, he just he just hasn't looked right. I mean, I, I guess some of that could be, you know, that lineup has been really um destroyed and with Trout not being there and now Justin Upton's leading off and Fletcher's batting ninth. I mean, Joe Madden up to his old tricks, right? Um, mm-hmm. And maybe he's just a little bit off, but he's too good of a ball player to be this bad. I mean, I just don't think it's going to last. No, I think it's a good way to, to start us off here. I mean, he's shown he's been a very consistent, great hitter uh, for the last, what, five or six years now. So, I mean, I would expect that. I think that's, that's a good call. And hopefully, I don't think there's too many leagues where they're, People are cutting him, but definitely if you can maybe trade and get him while he's basically, uh, his values completely not nearly what it should be. That's a great call there. Doc, what about you? So I'm going with Eddie Rosario. Uh, mm-hmm. this is a guy low, you know, statistically low average, doesn't walk a lot, but has power and gets a lot of RBIs. 2017 to 2019, 27, 24, 32 home runs. Hit 13 and 57 games last year, which would put him on base for 35. This year is five home runs in 68 games. The launch angle is down. The barrel percentage is down. The hard hit percentage is around the same. But what's interesting is his exit, his average exit velocity is the second highest of his career. And it's right around his career high. So I did a little bit more research and I looked at the dimensions of the ballpark and it's roughly similar. He's a lefty. So you figure he pulls the ball a little bit more. So at target field, in right center is 367. In right is 328. In Cleveland, right center is 375. And right field is 325. So it's roughly the same dimensions. Maybe because he's on a one-year contract, he's thinking a little bit too much into it. But five home runs in 68 games would put him on base or on target for about 12. And I just don't see that happening. I think he could have a huge second half. All right. I like it. Toby in the comments with Jonathan Scope. We liken Jonathan Scope to continue what he's doing. Always cheap. He is. He's somebody you can always count these hot stretches from, too. Uh, Carlos, why don't you finish this out strong with this last segment here? Who can we expect a big second half from? You put in my chips on four goals for me. Oh, gosh. I hope so. I hope both your guys' second halves come out huge. Yeah. I I mean, uh, he's not known because of his. Tremendous power, but he consistently put, you know, more than 35 uh, a couple of years ago, um, through three straight seasons, more than 35 homers. And uh, he's been, you know, really disappointing this year. He's batting 255 only, uh, but he's batted, he is like 40 points under what his career batting is. So there's something there. He's batting the ball hard. To his normal uh, numbers, and um, Q like him, the you know that the crazy little stat that I that I hit, it, it's actually in the top thirty in the league. In, in wow! The so uh, yeah, he he he's he's hitting the ball hard. He's a very disciplined batter. We all know that he's a tremendous elite batter, and uh, he he's just have. Quite a deal of bad luck, and, and I, I think we will see a, a, a U-turn for him at any any moment. He's a really great great candidate if you can get him in in some leagues that that you can do trades. I think 
you, you cannot buy him lower than you, you can buy him now and for the rest of the season. I, I, I would say he will not disappoint uh, his own managers for, for what's left of 2021. I, I'll, I'll go with Goldie. I think, great, great usually has, I think he usually has good second half historically, too. So that's another good factor in his favor there. Uh, you guys remember Akil Padu? Just <laughs> <laughs> picked him up, baby. <laughs> Talk of fantasy baseball. How quickly, such a long season, how quickly these guys. You, you, you mean three, $300 fab Akil Padu? Who's been $300 a fab? I, I, I mean, he, he was crazy. Not in our league, Carlos. No, not at all, but I saw some link he went up more than $200. Ooh, that's spicy. The same people yeah. who were picking up Julian Merriweather for three fifty. I have to tell you guys, this is super funny. I had a guy, I'm not used to this, right? So I get direct messages. I didn't even know what that meant like six months ago. So somebody messaged me directly on, on Twitter and was like, hey, I'm thinking about putting a large bid down on Merriweather. I said, I will bet you the money that you bid that Merriweather doesn't get another save this year. <laughs> wow, and that's so far. So <laughs> I, you know, he was gonna. He wanted to put like a third of his fab budget down on Merriweather. I'm like, I would, wow. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I just, I don't I know if he did or he didn't. He, he I, that's why you have to ask the doctor. You know? Yeah. Well, I. I <laughs> that's a great. I would have said I don't. I wouldn't spend that type of money on him. But I would have thought he would have gotten another save. That that's a call. Yeah. That that's that's a that's a prescription move. right there that you filled and you and you wrote and it's. It's taken care of, man. That's I hope not... he gets a save on the final day of the season. <laughs> now, wouldn't that be a kick in the ass, right? I lose, yeah. I lose 300 hours with my hard-earned teacher money by that. Yeah. There you go. Well, you know, when they when you gamble, you know, you got to dance with the devil, right? No, and... Jack, Jack just doesn't play baseball next season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, the fun's going to keep going here as we get from the baseball analysis to the fun part of the show, starting with the game or the question of the week. Oh, oh my god. There you go. Our question of the week is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. We are an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code Triple Play and get up to $50 of your deposit match when you become a new user and you use our code. And if you're looking to win some cash, make sure you follow the Triple Play Monkey Knife Fight shows every weekend. They give you about a 10 or 15 minute look at the gaming landscape with their locks to help you win big. Eric, when was the last time you guys did a show? Uh, probably like three weeks ago, but I'm homeless right now, so cut me some slack. <laughs> uh, we gotta, Toby, we gotta mention Tony Kemp. Make sure he gets a mention. He's been a, a hot hitter for sure. Gotta mention he has him. been. Yeah. Picked him up for $9. And, ah, uh, that's, that's right. Nice. He's an Oakland A's fan. I gotta make sure we get that in there. Matt Olson all the way. <laughs> so our question this week, which MLB player, past or present, would have the meanest mugshot if they got arrested. So, Carlos, we're going to start with you for this question. Who's the player you pick? I'm going. I'm going really old school, very very old school, and Oakland old school with Raleigh Fingers, man. That monster, she's extremely. <laughs> I know you kids don't know about those old I know Raleigh Fingers. <laughs> okay. I, I, I mean, I know. I'm, I'm, very old and I like that stuff, but uh, oh, I, I remember him very well, Carlos. <laughs> well, we, we are old school, Mike. We have to admit that. <laughs> just old, just old. <laughs> I love the I love the handlebar mustache. There actually is oh, the top yeah. picture on Google is a black and white one, so we, I almost feel like we could just use that as his uh, um, his mean mug. Know, these other Daniel Metz 
the yeah, Oakland's pitcher. I, I think he's not pitching this year. Right? He used to he, he used to have that match too. So I, I, don't I was going to say he smiled oh. though. He smiled yeah. though. Yeah. Daniel so, Megden, yeah. Megden, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. He did. Not not everyone can pull uh, one of those <laughs> monsters. So I think that would. Be <laughs> I I could totally do it in like a month. If I didn't do, do it, thing, I could totally do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Mike, Mike, this is the only way you can come on for a third time. I was going to say, I'll come good. back on September 1st and I'll have a handlebar mustache. It'll be great. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love it. <laughs> got to, uh, we got to throw Dontrell Willis in there, too. That's a good call. So he's, I think his, uh, his, two, his rookie year, he wouldn't smile if I remember his picture. Well, yeah. Dontrell Willis is kind of a cheat code, though, because Dontrell Willis does have a mugshot if you look him up. He, does he, he really? Was, yeah, I think like I, I think uh, several years ago he got caught. Um, I don't think he was doing the Miguel Cabrera and like taking sips out of the bottle of scotch when he was on the Alligator Alley in Florida. But it was similar. I think he was he he got a DUI, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. The Dontrell Wells made the top fifty athlete mugshots. Oh, cool! Yeah, wow, there we go. Oh, you're right. Oh, I'm, I'm a, I'll uh, pull it up while uh, you go, Mike. And I'll, the, I'll the Miguel screen. Cabrera arrest was the best though because he knew he was busted. He just opened up the bottle of scotch instead of drinking in the car when he was waiting to get arrested. Um, oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. No, my my guy, I, I'm going old school just like Carlos. And, maybe, and old, older than Raleigh Singers even, the Mad Hungarian Al Rabowski. Um, he, he, had, he had facial hair like I've never seen facial hair. And I think he's an announcer for the Cardinals now. And he's got the, like, the Fu Manchu thing going, and it's all gray. He's still terrifying. Um <laughs> Everybody says he's a really nice guy, but I had pictures of it on his baseball cards where he, his eyes were like bugged out and he looked like he was like, I don't know, taking a bunch of speed or something like that. Maybe he was <laughs> taking greenies, greenies back in the seventies. I don't know, but uh, he would, he'd have a terrifying mugshot. <laughs> That's so cool. What about you, Doc? Who's your pick? So I just looked at people's fantasy pictures. So I'm staying with current ones and I'm going Nick Castellanos. He's not smiling at all, and we know he's ready to fight. So. Yeah, he is a, he's oh, a good yeah. pick, actually. I don't think I've seen him smile in any pictures I've ever seen him in. Oh, I, Jack, Jack just walked into the room. I'm trying to get him to come over and say hello. Oh, I've got to say hi to Jack. Come here, Jack. They want to say hi to you. Come here. Come here. Just real they quick. had um, Dontrell uh, Lowe's. Oh, oh there's Dontrell. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why does he look like Lil Wayne in that photo? No. I don't he, know. Right? <laughs> nice he really guy. does. He really does. Come over. The mad Hungarian. Here's Jack. Jack! You're a legend. He is a legend. I tell him all the time he doesn't believe me. Yeah. (laughs) Big, big fan here, Jack. Hey, show him your your hat, Carlos. Show him your hat. Oh, for sure. See? He's a big ace fan. Oh, Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of yours, man. (laughs) Jack, we're so excited Rob. Oh, thanks, buddy. Mike, I wasn't going to... Like I wasn't gonna embarrass him, but I was gonna say I heard you have really bad farts. <laughs> oh God, yeah, stink, stink beyond belief. <laughs> the, the best oh, part is in the in the mornings now in summer. Oh, you hear what he said? He said you're one to talk, Dad. He says. Oh, where do you think he gets it from? Yeah, the smart ass comments. I wonder where you know. But he, um, I'm taking him to camp in the mornings uh, before I go to work, and um, this morning I woke him up, and I honestly. From the farting, I thought he shit his pants before he got out of bed. I was like, oh my God. He's a 10-year-old boy. He sounds like he's a 50-year-old man who just ate like six burritos at Taco Bell, you know? Okay, can you imagine when he is 50? Oh, 
<laughs> I won't be here. You guys will have to check in on him for me. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, how do you transition from a Jack appearance to the game of the week? I don't know. Oh, he's know. still there. I don't know if you can see him over my shoulder. He's no, he's, a, he's in the bed. He's, he's in, in, my, like, he's in my space. He's in my space now, and he's gonna. <laughs> I'm going to get kicked to the couch tonight. Just watch. Guaranteed. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Without further ado, it's time. Let's get to the game of the week. All right. So I'll throw you <laughs> Fernando Rodney. Toby's on fire with some of these calls tonight. Yes, he is. I love it. Uh, so our game this week, try to differentiate as much as we can on games. So sometimes I have to get inspiration from other people or credit them if they come up with a game and I just use it for uh, for this. So I'm crediting a uh, shout out to JK Trivia on YouTube for this game. They put it together. I'm just going to use it for today's purposes because we've never done this game before. And what it's called is which logo is correct. So I'm going to give you or JK Trivia is going to give you two logos. Obviously, they're both. They're all MLB logos. And you got to tell us which one is the correct one of the two. Okay. Bonus point. If you guys can tell me which is what part of it is incorrect. All right. Right. Okay. So maximum of two points for each one. Uh, I'm not going to go give you too much time, probably like 10 or 15 seconds, 20 seconds, maybe. And I got 10 of them. So, or JK's got 10 of them. So you guys ready to go? Let's do it. Yep. All right. I'm disconnecting the soundboard and I'm engaging the YouTube board. Here we go. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sharing the YouTube screen, but it sounded cooler. Okay. You guys can all see it? Yes. All right. So I would have a pen and paper or something you can make a note on. And you guys had to keep track. Do we go on turns or the first one that gets it? So I'm going to – Um, that's a good question. So what I'll have you guys do is – I'm going to have you guys just take turns. So Eric will start out, then Mike, and then Carlos. Next one, Mike will start out, then Carlos, then Eric, and so on. Um, All so right, sounds good. Here we go. Ten of them starting out with the easy ones. Got Boston, Red Sox. Which one is the correct one? I'm going to pause it before it gives you the answer. All right. Doc, or um, yeah, Doc, you lead off. Which one is the correct Red Sox logo? Wow, this is already level one, and I already feel bad. <laughs> um, I'm going to say the right one is the correct logo, and the left one, they're, I don't know, the, the socks don't match. Okay, Mike? I think it's the one on the left because of the white uh, hoof, like back footprints there. You think that one's the correct one? I think that's that... the right. I think that's the right one. And Carlos, what do you think? Yeah, I'll go with the left one too. The oh, the one on the right, they're different. Well, I'm first gonna say this is if you're listening to the podcast, every episode's on YouTube. This is a good benefit to listen to the games of the week on YouTube, so you can play along with us. And Mike, you hit the nail on the head. The correct one I is the left now. Is the left one because of this little white uh, box right here. So, Carlos and Mike both have two. All right. Second one. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a little uh, This easier. is really easy. Just give us all two points. Okay. So, Mike, you lead it <laughs> off. Which one is it? 
it's the one on the right because the N looks like something I would look at on my reading test for my kids at school. So. <laughs> Carlos and Eric, you guys writing that as well? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay, How is that not all... number one? <laughs> I mean, it's still in the easy category. But uh, yes, the N on the left is a little misshapen there. So four to four to two. Now we have the Texas Rangers. Hmm. Which one is the correct one? And Carlos, we are leading off with you for this one. Which one do you oh, think it is? I'll take the right one because it has those stars there, but I'm not sure. But I'll take the right one. The right one is the correct one? I think so. Okay, so Carlos is the right because of the stars. Eric? I'm going the right as well. It's the, Texas is the lone star state. Correct. Mike, same, you as well? Same here. Okay, you guys all get two points. It is the right one because of the stars on there. So nice job identifying that, Carlos. It took me about a, a minute to find that. Okay, so level two. We have six to six to four. Starting out with the Orioles logo. Which one is the correct one? And we are starting back at the top with Doc. Which one do you think it is? Gosh, I feel like I always get these tough ones to begin with. <laughs> um... I'm going to say the one on the right is the correct one. The other one just has a fat lip. Okay. <laughs> Mike? I think it's the one on the right because I think that O's on their hats is does have the apostrophe, if I'm not mistaken. So you think the one on the right is correct because of the hat? Yes, I think so. All right. And Carlos? Yeah, that, that's it. The apostrophe on the O is on the left side. So, so you I'm want the O's on the right for the same reason? Yep. Totally. The correct answer is the O's on the left because the oh. hat is actually correct on the left. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. But well, you both each get a point because you identified what the thing was that was off. So you both have seven and Eric has four. Unfortunately, Eric, you couldn't ride the coattails that time. <laughs> hey man, I'm just getting the tough ones. <laughs> We are four in. Here's number five, the St. Louis Cardinals. And Mike, you start this one off. I think it's the one on the left because of the top of the bird's head. Carlos? I'll go with the right for the same reason, but but I think the right one is the left. Okay, and Doc? I'm going to go to the left because of the same thing. I think the right is the old logo. The correct answer is the left. <laughs> yes, so Doc and uh, Mike both get two points. Carlos, you do get one point. So See, I believe- that, that's what I'm saying. Why do they always get the easy? How is this a medium one? The score, I believe, is 9-8-6. I just have a superior knowledge here. That's all. <laughs> we found Mike's game. No, you got the, you got the easy ones to lead off with. <laughs> All right, Colorado Rockies. Which one is it? And Carlos is leading this one off. I thought I'm lost. <laughs> Which one do you think it is? I mean, it looks exactly the same. Yeah, well, well, the actual the ball is the spinning uh, on it. I think one is using spider tag and the other, uh, the other. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Quote, quote of the night, Carlos. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> But I, I don't know which one is being right, so I'll say I'm just gonna say the right one. The right one is the correct one, Eric. Which one do you think it is? I think it's the left and the baseball. 
You think it's the left and the baseball. So Carlos is right. Doc is left. Yeah, I think, it's the, I think it's the left one, too, just because of the way that the baseball is rotating there. I'll tell you, all have the correct reason. Which one's the right rotation? It oh. is the right one. Carlos, <laughs> back in the game. Oh, yeah. So I believe the score, Mike and Carlos, you both have 10. Eric, I believe you are now at 7. Yep. All right. We have, I'll, I'll double check, we have four more left. Going into this next one, we have the hard ones now. Oh boy! Oh, that means that means mine's going to be extremely hard. <laughs> <laughs> the Minnesota Twins. Which one is it? And Doc, you are back up top. All right, uh, I'm going to go the left, and because of the way that the Twins is underlined, that like okay. little like red weird shape thing. Doc Carter. As much as this pains you to to know, David, it's the one on the left, exactly for the reason that Doc said. <laughs> and Carlos, I'll take. Um, I want to say the right one, just to go. Uh, you know, he wants to be contrarian. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll do that. I'll go with the right. For the same reason. Yeah, the, the underlying. Correct answer is the left. Ah, you know, but you guys um, all had the right reason, so. Doc Carter is 12. We have Carlos with 11. And Doc Mendelson, you have 9. So All right. Pick it, picking different answers than Mike Carter. 12, 11 to 9. Three left. We got the Marlins. Ooh. And I believe uh, this one is uh, Mike Doc. Carter. Yeah, Mike Carter. I think it's the one on the right. Because of where the baseball is located in relation to the Marlin. Okay. Carlos? Yeah, it looks like it, uh, the seams uh, complete a baseball there. So I'll go with the right. And Carlos is much smarter than I am. That wasn't what I thought at all. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Doc? Uh, I want to say a different answer, but I think it is the one on the right. Well, way to stick with what the consensus was. Right for the like the baseball being closer in. So 14. How is this? T- how is this? 14, hard? 13, 11. We've got two left. The Toronto Blue Jays. Oh my God. Which reason is it? It's very small. Took me a couple minutes to find it. We are leading off with Carlos this time. So it's. Something in you know in the top of the bird, but I don't know which of the two is the right one. But I'm going with the left one. But it's it's you know like the feathers in the in the top of the head. Okay, my uh Eric, I'm going with the one on the left because a little spike. And you're on the hair. Yeah, like the little like thing coming out yeah. of the back. Like I okay. guess I can't point to you'll see it, Mike. I think it's the left as well. All right, correct answer is. The left, for the same reason you guys mentioned, if you look on the right, there's a little extra wrinkle in its hair, and yeah. there's three of them here. So, 16 to, I believe, 15 to 13. 13. So, Doc, you cannot win. Carlos, you have a chance to take down Mike. But this is, I will say, this is the hardest one, this okay. last one. Okay. And I had to look at the answers for how to find the difference in them. So, Ooh. if you guys find it without, then you're better than me. Eric, for fun, I'll let you play. Which okay. is the, is the right the, one? 
It's the one on the left because it doesn't have the Statue of Liberty yeah. on the <laughs> upper left logo. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, you've uh, that took me. Uh, I couldn't find it because I was like, "What? What's different?" But you guys are correct because of the Statue of Liberty. How Doc, is that? I feel like the Red Sox one I got first was the hardest. No, the Red Sox one I actually found right away. This one no. I, I was like looking at this for five minutes. I was like, "What's different?" And then I was like, no. "Oh, okay, I see." I don't know. I guess I'm just bad. Well, <laughs> Mike holds off Carlos Marcano. My soundboard is disconnected. So I can't give you the cheer, but Mike, you are the winner of the logo game. So nice job. We give you I a won, I won the first time I was on too. Did are you two and oh? Yeah, it was the, with the uh ballparks, the and ballpark lists and stuff like that, old ballpark oh, names and stuff like oh. that. Yep. Yeah. Now oh, I, I'm still waiting for my ball hair trimmer that I thought I was getting in the mail, but <laughs> <laughs> we were, well, we're not with Manscaped anymore, so we have to No, no I'm just joking, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, if if you win three times, next time you come on, three in a row might actually get you something from our show. Because I think was Bubba two and zero, Eric? Was he three and zero? He was two and zero, not ten. Yeah, no one's ever been three and zero on this show. That's been a mark never achieved. So, uh, you are you are well on your way, my friend. But <laughs> lucky, just luck. That's awesome. <laughs> That's but why with that being said, fellas. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. It's always a blast for Doc and myself to talk with you guys. I want to give you guys a chance to be able to plug all the great stuff that you do. Carlos, if you want to start first. Sure. Uh, first, imagine, I mean, I, as we were talking before, my first time on a podcast was with you guys. And I I was terrified, but I, I felt so, so well received. And it was so, so freaking awesome that, that I, it meant a lot to me, and I'll always thank you for that. And um, I'm just continuing, you know, rambling on Twitter at, at CA Marcano whenever I can. I, I put up some crazy stuff over there and doing some work for Pitcher List and Prospects 365 on Six I, I hope I can finish an, an, the article that's supposed to go live tomorrow, so let's see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we definitely got to get you out of here to get that article done. We always appreciate you, Carlos, so much. Mike, what about you? What stuff? You got a bunch of stuff that you do as well. Yeah, well, I'll just be really quick. I mean, I think people know where to find me on Twitter. I have the worst handle in the history of Twitter handles. <laughs> I don't know why that is the way that it is. But uh, my primary job is working at Roto Fanatic and doing the closing remarks piece I do for them every Sunday. I also am lucky enough to work for Michael Simeone at SP Streamer and do a streaming article for him on on Sundays as well. Uh, I also work for 980 Know It All, as you know, and and write pieces for them, more narrative pieces about my experiences with baseball. And then I also do work for Fantrax. Now I'm doing their their two start uh, pitchers each week and learning how difficult that is. Uh, many people have done that before me and done it better. I want to say thank you to you guys too. Um, you guys are doing an amazing job. I love following what you guys are doing every week. Every podcast you guys do is high quality, very listenable. Uh, really good stuff. And I really want to shout out Carlos too, because I think Carlos might be one of the most unique people on tw- the, the fantasy baseball Twitter stuff that he's doing. I'm a grinder, but he's really brilliant. And the stuff that he's doing is really pushing the game forward. I really enjoy interacting with him on a daily basis. And he's living in a really different situation than just about any of us. And uh, I give him a shout out for that because he's just uh, a great guy and has uh, been a great supporter of mine and pushing, helping push my workout as well. So, Carlos, I thank you very much for your time and everything that you do for the community, too. 
I'm, I'm the lucky one to know all of you guys, to be honest. I'm just blessed to have you all in my life. Guys, yeah. stop. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start crying. I was about to say, you guys are making me cry. It's okay, it's okay Doc. You got the bathroom right behind you. Go get a tissue. You're okay. <laughs> and you got your guys shouting out your handle, too. Brian, <laughs> Brian's a fan of yours as well. And uh, again, Eric and I are fans of both you guys. I said in the beginning, and not to, to ramble on too much, but we love everything that you guys do as well. And always have our support, whatever you guys are doing. Um, so keep doing it because it pushes us. And um, I always learn stuff reading everything you guys put out. So thank you so much for all the stuff that you guys do. That's awesome. Everybody that, everybody that enjoys Triple Play, we appreciate how you consume it, whether it's the podcast, the YouTube, uh, just through Twitter, anything you do to engage with us. We truly appreciate it. Next week, we've got the man from NBC Sports Edge and the Bases Loaded Pod, George Montanez, coming on the show. It'll be his first time. So make sure you check it out. It should be a fun show. Until then, everyone be safe out there. Enjoy another week of baseball. And we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. Catch you guys next week.